0: Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Well, okay, there goes that suspense. And any sense of suspense that anyone might have had regarding the core. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dayon Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. Ron Hextall had his end-of-the-season meeting with reporters yesterday in Cranberry And while he offered nothing that anyone could have considered newsworthy, he did have the following to say about the statuses of Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang.
1: Well, I don't negotiate through uh, the media. You guys know that. But um, we have had discussions very recently, and we'll continue to have those discussions. We would like to sign both players. I think if you look at them individually, um, they've both been here 16 years. I mean, Gino's obviously been a great player, um, one of the greatest, certainly one of the best players in the history of the game, and we'd like to keep him as a Pittsburgh Penguin for, for the rest of his career. If In a perfect world, Gino retires a, a Penguin, and I think Tanger's the same. He's been here the same amount of time.
0: Read into that whatever you want. That's why I prefer to play audio clips – on this show, so that you can make up your own mind about certain comments and remarks and post game fodder that might be open to interpretation. Here's what I take from that they've spoken. That's one. They're making it a public priority to sign those two. That's two. They love the feel of the group, the mix between the stars and the other players, and the chemistry and everything else, as Hextall would go on to say later, and that's three. And it couldn't be clearer right now, as you and I are speaking, that both Malkin and Letang will be back. I can't predict when, I can't predict for how much, but I can say, based on having spent time around this general manager, and based on having spent time in general dealing with sports executives, that they don't say things like this in front of microphones and in front of people, and then later the thing just falls apart. Oh, and this too. Understand that for Hextall to even broach the subject, and and if you think about it, he could have avoided it. He's going to get asked regardless about players of the magnitude of Malkin and Latang, but he could have said, listen, I'm just not going to talk about anything related to any pending free agents. He wouldn't be the first executive to do that. He chose to talk about them, and he acknowledged that there have been negotiations. What that should tell you in the most stark terms is that the Penguins have found a way to pay them. The idea that they can't squeeze them in under the cap or that they won't move this guy or won't move that guy or won't keep so and so, they very evidently have a path toward achieving both of these contracts. Now, that said, there's one part of this that Hextall absolutely can't say in public.
1: These two are they're generational players, they don't come along very often and uh, we'd like to keep them here through the end of, your, end of their careers. Obviously, we have some, some issues and areas that we have to work through in terms of the salary cap. Everything's got to match up, and uh, it's a puzzle right now, and I wish we had more pieces in place to make it a little more clear, but it's, it's hard to even venture to guess where we'll end up. We've got some pieces. We've got numerous uh, outlines of, of teams that we would like to – to bring in, and obviously the numbers the numbers matter, so we'll continue to work with both guys and hopefully um, come to agreements with them at some point here. All
0: right, here's what Hextall can't say. Now that I went through all the stuff that he actually said and what it might mean and everything, here's what he can't blurt out at any point in the process, certainly not to the fans. The Pittsburgh Penguins have no choice but to sign these two players. They just don't. This is not about keeping the gang together. It's not about, uh, although you heard it from Hextall there, about retiring as a Penguin. Those are wonderful little sappy side benefits, okay? And I'm not going to, you know, dump all over them. They're real. When Evgeny Malkin plays his 19th game, Next season, it's going to be a thousand for him in the NHL. That absolutely positively in a righteous world occurs on PPG Paints Arena ice. All the standing O's that these guys get for years to come should happen in Pittsburgh. Wonderful, awesome, beautiful. Break out the violins and the pianos, but that's not why you sign them. The reason that you sign them. And the dirty little non-secret here is that the Penguins have nobody to replace them. And I wish that would eventually make it through to the general dialogue about this scenario. Both of these scenarios. Who is their second-line center, if it isn't Gino, Vince Trochek? I'm hearing a lot of that. I love Vinny's style of play. I love the whole idea that the kid from Upper St. Clair would come back home and everything else and his family's great and all that other stuff. He's not Evgeny Malkin at any age. He's just not. We can get frustrated with Gino, but he's still a point-of-game guy. That's not an opinion on my part. That's not me taking Gino's side. It's math. He's a point-of-game guy. He's still an elite power play performer? Where do you find this player in your system or out of it? If you want to go out of your own organization and you want to take that same whatever it is that you're about to throw at Geno, six million or something per year, do you know what you're going to end up with? Have you looked at recent free agent signings? you get yourself a pretty mediocre guy. You're not getting a star to replace the fallen star. It doesn't exist. And the same is true of defensemen. I don't need to tell you that the Penguins don't have a number one defenseman to replace Latang internally, but maybe I do need to share that Latang this past season was the 18th highest paid defenseman in the league. He's a bargain. He's a bargain at his current rate. If he's gone and you replace him from the outside, you're getting a lesser player, in all likelihood, at a higher cost. This just isn't about all the warm and fuzzy. It's about keeping the hockey team competitive for the remainder of Sidney Crosby's three years on his contract. That's what it's about. That's what I've been told by this management team consistently since they arrived, and it appears they're on the brink of cementing that. When we come back, just one question.
1: Learn more at marines.com.
0: This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how one dollar can be turned into five full meals. For those in need, visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. And today's J1Q comes from my man, Pete Aldrich, who chimes in with, Will youth ever be part of the Penguins' future plans? Pete sends this after the Hextall press conference yesterday, so I'm going to presume that he's reacting to the, you know, Kind of strong statement there by the GM that he intends to keep the core together. And Pete, my answer to this is yes, it has to be. Also, it can be, you know, like kind of now. Because let me put this a different way. When Hextall was with the Flyers, he had a reputation as being a draft first guy. Uh, No matter what, he wasn't going to give up his picks. He was going to find a way to, you know, invest in these prospects, make sure they had elite development and all that other stuff. And, you know, everybody in Philly right now debates back and forth whether or not that was successful. The way the Flyers performed this past season, it would appear that it wasn't. But to take that approach, regardless of the outcome, you have to hang on to your first round picks. And Hextall's done that so far. He's given up a couple of second rounders. But if he can parlay the second one of those into a new contract for Ricard Raquel, then it's not a wasted asset. And Raquel is still right there at the 30-year-old line. But ultimately, what you have to do with this approach is wait. And you have to wait a while. The Penguins don't draft in the top 10. So when they do get first round picks or any round picks, they're gonna take several years to get here. And all of that can go on while Sid's here and Gino's here and Letang is here. And the team continues to be competitive, whether they contend or not. I mean, things have to fall into place and they also have to not fall out of place, meaning having Jacob Truba, knock your star player out of the series for a while, meaning not losing all of your goaltenders heading into that series. But if you're biding time for draft picks, you can either do that buck naked, meaning get rid of all your veterans and do the Detroit thing where you just sit there and suck for three or four years. And I don't know why you'd want to do that, When you already have, A, the stars in place, whether it's a declining version of them or not, you have the stars in place. You have a semi-decent supporting cast. You've got a really good goaltender. And by the way, you've got an ownership group that's going to commit, that has already publicly committed, to spending up to the cap every year. This isn't like Major League Baseball. Where there's no cap and you have something to gain by really sucking for three or four years, to use that term again. Because you can just sit back, you can uh, store the money away if you believe that that's what happens in those scenarios, and then spend a lot when it's needed. In hockey, there's no get-backs on that. If you're under the cap in the NHL, you're just under the cap. So as long as you're already spending up to the cap and you can't get a second line center as good as this version of Evgeny Malkin, and you can't get a number one defenseman as good as this version of Chris Latang, then it's a hockey no-brainer to bring them back. This, I'm not going to win this one, all right? <laughs> I'm going to acknowledge defeat on this count. Because the narrative so far and away supersedes the boring reality of this situation. The Penguins need a second-line center. They don't have one. Penguins need a number one defenseman. They don't have one. These two guys are as good as it gets, and they're probably going to come in a little bit underpriced. And you don't have the prospects to push up in their place. This would be a totally different discussion if the Penguins had some kind of loaded system. You know what I'm saying? Where they had guys just banging down the door to get from Wilkes-Barre to Pittsburgh. They don't. They don't. So there isn't some grand philosophical thing at work here. This is just the reality for the coming season. It's not a, let's go young, let's go to the next phase or anything like that. It's just another hockey season along the way toward, you know, getting younger at some point. That's cool. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.